Welcome to the Paper Cup Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we are here with Sarah Ray Enns. Hello. It's good to be here. So rather than us introducing your resume, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a little hard to do. I've got a couple uh, things that go on simultaneously, so I like to kind of describe myself as a, a DJ composer economist uh, who likes to curl. That's, that's kind of the, that's the, <laughs> if I were to pick four things, <laughs> those would be the four, but there's, you know, a handful of other things that I could add to that. Uh, but yeah, that's the the Tinder profile version. <laughs> the Tinder profile. You want to get so many characters. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pick and choose. So curling, is that like, I know we're getting a little off. Is that something you do frequently or are you a part of a team? Yeah, I curl twice a week in the winter. Uh, I have curled less in other winters and I every time I would curl other winters, I'd just think to myself, I wish I did this more often. So now I do it twice a week and it's really great. Yeah. And how does that fit into your schedule? Uh, yeah, so it's a busy schedule, but what's nice is that it, uh, it's like my recreation time. It's like my downtime. Uh, when I curl, I can't do anything else. Like I can't clean my apartment. I can't work on a project. <laughs> I just have to throw a piece of granite down the rock or down the ice and sometimes tell people to sweep and sometimes tell them to not sweep. So it's like one of the wonderful things that is just like pure recreation, kind of let everything go, drink a beer. It's a good, yeah, it's a good thing to do. Nice. So uh, this is, it's strange, uh, we're interviewing an interviewer, yeah. and we have to come up with our questions, but we want to know how you come up with questions to ask people that you bring in. So I, uh, I am lucky in that I don't have any, I work for UMFM uh, 101.5 FM, uh, and I don't, I do a dance mix sort of tied to my DJing, uh, which means that I actually don't do a ton of radio interviews. Um, so what I do is I, I am very choosy about who I interview. Uh, I don't have to interview people regularly. I just get to say, like, this is something I'm really excited about. I really want to interview this person. I already know a lot about the project. I'm already excited about it. So that gives me a huge advantage. Um, and then a lot of it is about uh, asking the questions that people want to answer. Um, one of the nice things about college radio is there isn't uh, as much need to do the kind of who, what, where, when, and why to promote an event. What's cool about your podcast is you're uh, doing this outside of uh, events so that you can like talk more in depth about kind of artistic process. Uh, and that that is great because then you don't have to do that. You can actually just start asking um, people about their process, about things that you want to know, about things that they want to talk about. So it's kind of looking, like doing the research, figuring out uh, who the person is, what they're doing, why they're doing it, as much as you can beforehand, and then kind of finding the questions uh, that you can't find on the internet is a really is a really fun thing to do. So um, for people who might not be familiar, could you give us a little bit of background uh, about your show and how long you've been doing that? Yeah, so I've been involved in UMFM in one capacity or another for about 10 years, and I started with a cross-genre show uh, that goes from... Um, yeah, it, the idea was to do like Rage Against Machine to Gregorian chant and find connections so that it didn't sound like a kind of terrible mix. So I did that for five years and that was really fun. Um, and then I gradually started to fall in love with dance music. Um, I really love dancing and I think that dance music has so much potential to bring people together. Uh, and so uh, I moved away from Winnipeg and I went up to the Yukon. I did a show called Dancing Alone. Uh, where uh, it was a Friday night show, and I was sort of like, if you want to go dance with somebody else, 
go to the club and if you want to dance alone, turn on your radio and listen to this show. Um, but kind of in that, I just started to fall in love with dance music. And so now I do a show. Um, it's a pre-recorded mix at one in the mornings on Tuesday and it's a dance and it's a dance mix. Uh, and it's an excuse. It's really an excuse for me um, to pull in new music every week. It gives me, uh, I have to put together an hour's worth of music every week. Um, I like most of it, probably 60% of it. I want it to be new new tracks to me even. Um, it keeps it pretty fresh. Uh, so it gives me an excuse to find new music constantly and then also to practice mixing and getting better as a DJ. So listening, uh, and this has been going on for about a year, so listening to my shows from the start of last year till now, there's distinct improvement, which is a great thing to hear. You have to watch that progression kind of grow. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you get started with UMFM? Because I know there's a lot of people that want to do something, get started on a project, and what's the first step? What's the barrier of getting into a project? Yeah, so with UMFM specifically, I mean, part of my job is marketing and trying to get more people into the station. Um, uh, so that's a question I'm always asking myself. For me, it was kind of second nature. I had been a UMFM fan since I was 12. Uh, and like, that's pretty young to be listening to college radio. And so like when I graduated high school, I was pretty determined to volunteer uh, with UMFM. So I walked onto campus when I first got to the U of M and had it in my application. Um, most of uh, Most of what I do in my life and most of what people do in their life is not that determined, not, you know, it doesn't have that much forethought uh, that goes into it. Um, and so for, yeah, but but at the same time, I think uh, with all of the projects that I do, uh, starting them out is, is just that. It's just like, you just have to take the first step um, because you can't take the second step until you take the first step. And so uh, it really is about not getting overwhelmed. Whenever I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed with projects, it's about not thinking too far ahead, actually, and just thinking, well, if I want this to go forward, what do I do next? Uh, and starting with that question. Yeah. So I didn't know I'd be at UMFM for a decade, but I handed in my application, and that was the start. That's awesome. So now your love for UMFM has grown to a point where you're involved with it. You work with them on a part-time basis as the marketing coordinator. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of people with that same kind of enthusiasm coming into the station dead set on on wanting to be a part of that? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting is it's not like I don't think at any point I would have thought to myself, um, you know, this is what I will be doing in 10 years. But at no point, I think I would have thought to myself that would be a bad idea. Uh, So it wasn't as though I came into the radio station being like, I want to be here. Uh, I just came in with a love of uh, community radio, um, a love of the kind of diversity of music that it allowed for, a love of the diversity of talk it allowed for. Um, and that love kind of continued on where it was just, um, yeah, like uh, I just kept loving what UMFM did and kept wanting to be involved more. And, and you see that all the time coming in. You see uh, see people who, you know, maybe I was promoting UMFM at a table and they just heard a song they liked and they were like, what? Somebody's playing this? No one's playing this. This is a song that I like. Not, And you're like, no, 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 UMFM is about playing the songs that not everyone likes, but you like. And so come on up and you can see that excitement go. Um, yeah, it's really, so it's a really cool place to be. And then you can see people with one show who started to get involved, kind of expanding into other shows. Um, you know, maybe they... Uh, 
have a rock show, but then they also branch into a talk show. And yeah, there's there's a lot of enthusiasm that comes through that station. That's great. I mean, I know I really love college radio. I think everyone in this room does. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you find that it's a, do you find it challenging to market to new people who maybe listen to or consume com, uh, commercial radio? Yeah, well, what's interesting is a lot of what I am doing is just telling people that UMFM is there and that it's the campus radio station. So my job is focused on the U of M, um, and it's just kind of like awareness. It's, it's uh, yeah, um, we don't need people who don't like our station to listen to us. I don't need to listen to radio stations I don't like. Uh, but we do need the people who I know will really benefit from our programming and benefit for our station to know it's there. Uh, so that makes my job pretty easy, actually. It's just like, um, we don't do a ton of marketing at UMFM, so it's not super saturated. It's just actually about saying, hey, uh, we have we have more programs than you think we do. Um, we have programs that are geared towards your interest. We do a lot of really interesting talk programming, ranging from science to, um, uh, queer politics to uh, comedy to you know we have we have like this huge range of programming and it really is sort of saying there is somebody locally who is producing this material that we know you want to hear so check us out and those programs are available on the website yeah umfm.com there's our full schedule <laughs> and everything is podcasted <laughs> so do you see yourself staying with the station for a number more years is that is that the next step do you want to stay with it watch it grow even more so um not really i mean i do always want to be involved but i'm there i'm there part-time and the um folks who run it are just fantastic uh and i don't see my ability to run the radio station uh matching their ability to run the radio station uh so my other so then the other aspects of my life kind of take over um uh I am hoping to do a master's in economics, and I've been doing work in economics. Uh, I just released a paper on community economic development through the CCPA. I um, uh, have really enjoyed DJing, and I've been really enjoying uh, doing some kind of experimental compositions. Uh, and so the kind of next step for me is branching into those areas and finding out um, Finding out what comes of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the broader future is, but it's, you know, the step of having applied for the grad schools is done, and the step of having actually started to do some, uh, some compositions and recordings has begun as well. So you were talking about DJing. Mm -hmm. That is a sep uh, separate project from uh, putting the playlist together for UMFM. Mm -hmm. So what are the differences between how you DJ for a show and how you... DJ for UMFM? Um, one of the biggest differences is that you don't have to care about a crowd on the radio uh, because the crowd is there, but you have this very strange interaction with them in that you, like, we don't get a ton of colors on, in on the station, we sometimes do, but you really have no idea who is listening. So you are producing to somebody, but you can't interact with them. Um, in the same way, they can hear you but they're not really interacting with you. It's this really like beautiful exchange. It's, it's, uh, it's, it both draws people together and is both uh, in a very sort of isolated way. Um, dance music and da DJing out, you are super responsive to the crowd. Um, I did a mix for my radio show. I'm DJing a uh, fundraiser for the West End 24-hour safe space. Uh, my mix on the radio 
is a lot weirder than the mix I'll play at the event. Uh, the event is going to be tailored to the crowd. We're going to play things that the crowd really loves, and I also really love, um, but the and that are high energy and really like bring out joy. Um, the radio mix has a like indie rock track of uh, a group of people just counting to 24, which is really lovely <laughs> and absolutely fantastic, but it's not something you want to hear in the middle of a dance floor in a club. Yeah. So while you're DJing, do you ever change your mix or your playlist as you're going? Like, okay, I think I need to like bump this up and maybe go a little bit of a different direction than I was planning originally. Always, every single time. Yeah, I uh, I think I've had one gig where I like I did the Mama Cutsworth DJ Academy, and for a recital we had to kind of pre-plan our set, and it was a 15-minute set, um, and so I couldn't change it midway through. But that was the only time I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, and even with radio, um, I go in to do my mixes, and I like to do my mixes in one take or relatively one take. Sometimes I'll mess up, mix, uh, mess up a bit at the beginning and kind of start over. Um, but I'll always come with a collection of tracks that I'm excited about, uh, and then I'll let it go from there. Um, some people are a bit more diligent about planning their radio show in a certain way, um, but I find it more freeing if I, yeah, I just, I've, I have a lot more fun if I'm kind of interacting with the music as it's going on. Interesting. So do you take certain aspects of that uh, responding with the crowd responsiveness of DJing? Do you take that to your show? Like if somebody comes up and says, hey, I really like your show, um, you know, have you thought about trying this or like, have you heard about this? Do you take that into consideration when planning your show? Uh, Like, yes and no. Um, I'm always keen to hear to kind of exchange music with other people. And so that always builds my collection. My collection is always part of that exchange. Uh, but when I actually get down to sitting uh, and doing my show, um, it is very much about what I am feeling in that moment. Um, I I have a couple people, particularly with my mixes, I have a couple people who I'll uh, sort of ask their critical opinion about a mix. Uh, but but um, yeah, for the most part, the radio... Uh, yeah, I've, you know what, it has often happened the other way around, where I haven't liked a show, and somebody has said that they've enjoyed it, and I've been like, oh, I thought their show was terrible, and, you know, my, it will be like my mom or somebody, and she'll be like, Sarah, that was my favorite show that you've done, and I was like, okay, all right, so it wasn't that bad, okay, we can keep going with that. So speaking of your mom, mm-hmm. uh, who are your supporters? I'm assuming your mom, if she's coming to your show, Yeah. who are the people that you look to for support in your creative endeavors? Uh, I'm lucky. I've got a huge net of people that support me, and I have a chance to support as well. Um, it's always great to have uh, other artists and musician friends because they understand the kind of creative process and they understand um, uh, the emotions of uh, doing a creative process, less so with the DJing, uh, because DJing is just fun, more so with some of the uh, composition work. It can be really emotionally exhausting to put forward a creative work, and so to have uh, other artists and musicians around uh, to kind of talk you through that process and remind you that it's exhausting and that this is a normal thing to feel is really helpful. So um, one of my very good friends, Chantal Muro, is a visual artist, and I always rely on her for that. Um, my brother is an um, electronic uh, musician in Vancouver, and he DJs. And the two of us uh, chat for about an hour a week about music and kind of build each other up. 
and sort of talk each other down from a crappy show and talk each other up from a good one or like I, whatever is more encouraging I don't know which <laughs> I don't know which of these is more encouraging but yeah we encourage each other through the bad times and the good times and uh, and that support is uh, hugely helpful do you find do you get uh, similar kind of a network with the other UMFM uh, show hosts as well yeah so um what's fun about uh the radio and what's fun about being there uh in a staff position is i get to know a lot more show hosts than you would if you were just hosting a show when you're doing radio you're in for your hour you see the people before your show and after your show when you get to spend a bit more time there when you're there for more than just your show you get to like watch uh the day on radio unfold and you get to get to know all the djs and so absolutely there's a bunch um, I've I've been interviewed on uh, other people's shows for projects of mine. Uh, the radio station has been a like fantastic place to have conversations about current events and current developments in uh, social politics, and we've had like very consistently very like intense discussions about uh, about things like Me Too, things like. Uh, um, anti-colonialism, uh, things like, like really like meaty discussions that just kind of happen in that space. Um, and then, yeah, we're, UMFM is there to encourage new artists. So even just watching new artists come through and getting to say to them, you're on the right track, keep going, is something that even though I'm doing the encouraging or we're as a community doing the encouraging, I'm so encouraged that we are, um, privileged to give that encouragement it's such a great place to be that it then makes me feel encouraged to do it's a beautiful virtuous cycle <laughs> so speaking of new artists mm -hmm. who are you keeping your eye on this year yeah so i was i was saying that uh, the thing about dance music is that we have a couple uh great dance uh acts in winnipeg but we don't have a ton and because I'm new in DJ and I'm actually spending a lot of time in pop catalogs trying to figure out uh, what to play for uh, kind of the majority of my gigs so I feel a little bit out of the loop except that I really like Veneer I think they're super great I got to play on the same bill as them and like went up to them and was like oh I'm so excited to play on the same bill as you guys and they're like this is our fourth show how can, how can you be excited? I'm like, I saw your second show. It was so awesome. <laughs> it only takes one. <laughs> it only takes one. So I'm like really excited for them. Um, I really like the Sholay kid. I'm kind of a bit biased. He's a friend of mine and we grew up, uh, we both grew up spending summers on Sholay. And so uh, a lot of what he sings about, I relate very strongly to. Uh, and so I really, uh, I, yeah, I really like the Sholay kid. Um, and uh, I just had the flu for like a very solid two-week stretch so I was listening to a lot of uh, Micah Ehrenberg's I Just Want to Go to Sleep Forever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that one was a, yeah. That's yeah, very relevant. <laughs> yeah, super. And going back into Little House with Micah as well, mm -hmm. back with young Micah, they have a song about having the flu which really? just runs into complete chaos about coughing and hacking and dying and oh my gosh it's an excellent song little house is great but i feel like micah has like a consistent like stream of songs uh, about just not wanting to do this whatever this is it's really like yeah when you really have not left the corner of your couch for like several days at a time you really just need that yeah that voice 
in your head from somebody else. It's very encouraging. <laughs> Micah's voice specifically. Yeah, Micah's <laughs> yeah, voice. Case, like, yeah. Uh, what was one of the lines is, I'll always have the past to remember my friends. And I was just like sitting there on Friday night being like, well, I'm not going out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to remember what it was like to have fun. <laughs> So, uh, artists you're excited for in 2018, what are the some of the shows on UMFM uh, that might be starting or that you mm-hmm. think are growing to a great point? Uh, one of the new ones is called Rush Hour, and uh, there, there are two really uh, new uh, folks in the station, and I, um, I kind of walk in to one of my shifts uh, often as their music is playing, and every time I'm like, how did they know this was my favorite song? Who are these guys? And so I don't know them well enough uh, yet, but that one I think is a great up-and-comer. It's a good, they've got a really like fun uh, blend of kind of, uh, yeah, like indie rock and electronic stuff and uh, lots going on. Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I like, there's so many, uh, there's, you, you, I think every DJ will find that they have uh, shows that are, like your kind of kindred spirit shows, you're more the most likely to play the same music. Um, uh, so Cole's Notes, uh, I find to be one of those shows. We just have very similar music tastes. Um, the shows that kind of, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, shows that sort of push me a bit more. I really like uh, At the Edge of, Inca- of Canada. I listen to that one. Um, uh, not all the time, uh, but it's uh, Indigenous Research. It's done by uh, uh, TJ. Um, and uh, yeah, there's always some really interesting conversations on that show. And um, I find I learn a lot about, uh, uh, yeah, a kind of the kind of Indigenous academic world. Um, and, and a lot of it is literature and a lot of it's poetry and a lot of it's tackling all the other issues in the world. Uh, that I have to tackle as uh, a non-Indigenous person and like looking at them through the lens of being an Indigenous person. And that's a really, yeah, I think that's a really great show. I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Girl Power, if you don't mind. Uh, We were talking about Veneer, we're talking about uh, Mama Cutsworth, DJ Academy. How do you feel about the condition of women in music right now and where it's heading and where it's been and your place in moving forward? I'm so excited about it. I am like so grateful for the women who have come before me. Um, uh, yeah, doing the Mama Cutsworth DJ Academy was very emotional for me um, because I realized, I don't think I realized that I lacked um, like idols and mentors, but sort of during, during that process, and I was working, um, my, I work part-time at the radio station, part-time at the Social Planning Council, and with the doing kind of social justice work. Um, and between the two, I was starting to meet these women that I actually wanted to be. And it was, uh, in a sense, the first time I was meeting women that I actually wanted to be. And it kind of occurred to me that I had always wanted to be these men. Uh, and all of a sudden, there were these women who were there, and they were doing what I wanted to do in a way that women would, and not a way that men would. And that. Um, wasn't so different, but there was a difference. There was a difference um, in like watching um, uh, one of the women uh, who I work with get up and introduce a speaker and sort of uh, like biting back tears talking about how great this work was. Uh, And like seeing that and seeing like, yes, there is so, um, there's a kind of emotion that 
can be brought to this world from a female perspective uh, that that isn't and that this is like I want to do all these things and I want to be in these positions that these men are but I want to be there as a woman and I uh, yeah, it's been really wonderful. And then Mama Cutsworth as well. Um, it is a lot easier for me to DJ than it is her. I had a few odd comments that have not been that, uh, like, not that devastating. Like, uh, things like, oh, you don't really see a lot of female DJs. And you're like, that's true, but you don't have to point it out. Like, you know, but it's, but like, I have benefited so much from the work that they've done. Um, uh, one of the, the DJs that I follow uh, online, um, the Black Madonna. She's now in her 40s, and it's sort of her career is finally taking off. But uh, there's, yeah, like a 15-year age differential means that her experience was so much different than mine, and so much, so much harder than mine. Uh, so I'm like so grateful and so excited that now we're seeing the fruits of those labors and we're seeing these women come up into music and these women come up into um, the world of creativity in ways they didn't before. Uh, and it just is making the scene better. Like you just like the like the thing that makes a scene great is having a multitude of voices. It's not having one voice. It's having like this incredibly diverse set of voices that are there and giving. Um, a richness to a scene. So I, anyway, I'm so excited about it. I'm just like, I'm just jazzed. Uh, and just one more thing before hmm. we finish off. We didn't really discuss your DJ name, who you oh, are, yeah. Oh, yeah. or your show. <laughs> We've kind of glazed past it, and I was hoping we were getting it, but it yeah. wasn't come out. So, so. I, I DJ as the Golden Girl, which I feel like is the, the uh, girl power. Uh, the It should be the Manitoba girl power uh, um, I don't know, statue on the legislature. The, 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 the idea is that I'm the uh, the sort of two-story high gold-gilded DJ that stands atop the legislature in an <laughs> alternate reality, holding a record and beer instead of the light and uh, wheat. It's essentially, they're essentially the same products in different yeah. forms. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, and the kind of idea is that you can kind of bring a province together uh, through dancing. Great. Thank like you so that. much. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Um, Sarah Ends, again, are the first interview that we've done on Paper uh, paper Cut. And we want to thank you for taking yeah, your time. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Um, any final words that you'd like to say? Your words to live by. Words yes. To live by. Your mantra. Ends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my mantra is very helpful. <laughs> I, uh, I was listening to one of my favorite pieces of music by uh, contemporary co uh, composer Steve Reich, and these are the words that have become my words to live by, but I don't know what they mean. Uh, and so I just uh, recite these in my head and think about, uh, and it's a piece of uh, Wittgenstein, uh, a kind of very short blurb of uh, philosophy, um, how small a thought it takes to fill a whole life, uh, just as you can travel around uh, a small country and assume all the countries that surround it are border reg regions. Uh, it does not, I can't, I can't remember it in its entirety. It does, uh, you do not have to f go far to go deep. Yeah, but I don't think I live by that. <laughs> <laughs> I do a ton of different things. But I, I, those are the words I meditate on. <laughs> How small a thought it takes. To That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for, for coming by today. And, uh, that's our time. Yeah, that's our time. Great. Cool.